0: Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times, you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Five healthcare workers at Loretto Hospital on the city's west side got a quick poke in the arm just before 11 this morning. The first step as the Pfizer vaccine rolls out across Illinois.
1: Hello, I'm Dr. Lois Clark, director of emergency services and clinical
0: research at Loretto Hospital. Hi, my name is Barbara Shields Johnson, and I am the director of nursing services here at Loretto Hospital.
1: The doctor is going to clean off the patient's
0: arm. Very standard procedure, just like a regular vaccine. So we applaud? I think so. The spotlight was on Loretto because the West Side is one area that's been hit hard by COVID. In the main zip code in Austin... The virus has killed one out of every 468 people, a grim reminder that the pandemic is hurting Black and brown communities disproportionately. Coming up, we'll talk with two community health leaders from the West and Southwest sides about what the vaccine could mean for the people they work with every day in those neighborhoods. But first, let's check in with Dr. Nikhila Javadi, Chief Clinical Officer at Loretto Hospital. She administered one of the first doses this morning. Dr. Javadi, welcome to Reset.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: What was it like giving one of the first vaccinations in the city this morning? What was going through uh, your mind?
1: Absolutely nerve-wracking. <laughs> I bet. Yes, um, it was actually nerve-wracking, but it was extremely important that we did it, and we were all excited, including the person who was getting the vaccine, Dr. Maria Del Rios from UI Health.
0: So talk about you know, the first people that were chosen to get the vaccine this morning. We, we heard some of their voices there, but tell us who they were.
1: Sure. So um, the mayor's office um, wanted to make sure that we show absolute equity and vaccine distribution in the city of Chicago, just as we've shown throughout the entire process. And so we made sure that the frontline healthcare workers we the first to be offered to volunteer. So we had an ER nurse who's been caring for these patients as soon as they walk in through the door. Um, his name is Mark Hooks. We've had a critical care nurse, Barbara Shields Johnson, who's taken care of every single one of these critical care patients that have been in our hospital. We've also had Dr. Maria Del Rios from UI Health, who's an emergency room physician who's been working day and night um, in one of the busiest ERs in the city. We had Jamila Hill, a PCT for 26 years, who has been sitting on these patients and helping them with their basic needs, whether they had COVID or not. So they, without a, without a care to her own Uh, personal protection with just the PPE, especially from the beginning. Also an ER nurse from Norwegian Hospital, um, and her name was Elizabeth. So a cross-section of those people who have been on these shifts from the very beginning.
0: Now, we also have some sound from WBEZ's Kristen Schorsch. She talked with two Chicago doctors, Alan and Elizabeth Van Opstel. Both will be among the first to get the vaccine this week. Let's take a listen. I just cried
2: because because I
0: just
3: have been worried about him for so long and you know between the two of us we've treated so many people who have been so sick and some that haven't recovered from this and I think you just wish they all could have had it
0: yeah clearly um, Elizabeth was overcome with emotion there tell us what the rest of the rollout will look like for this week? Who else is next in line at Loretta to get vaccinated?
1: So we're um, very pleased so that we will be able to vaccinate all of our Tier 1 frontline workers. So that is the emergency room nurses, our patient care technicians, our critical care nurses, um, including those you know, people forget that it's not just the emergency room and the critical care nurses who take care of these patients, but those with a little bit of a lesser need, they go to the floor. So our medical surgical nurses and are important, one of the most important frontline healthcare workers, which is our respiratory therapists. They're the ones who are standing right next to those physicians who are putting a tube down people's throats and, you know, all of the, the things that droplets that come into the air, they're exposed to that, even with the PPE on, of course, but, you know, there's always that danger. And yeah. of course, our physicians, our critical care physicians, our infectious disease physicians, those that are here on call in the night and, you know, our ER physicians, those are all of those people will be receiving the vaccine this week.
0: Now, Dr. Javadi, do we have any details yet on, on the second round of vaccine doses, like when when that might come or how it might work? Yes.
1: We have been on weekly calls with the city. Uh, they are extremely forthcoming with that. We have one every Friday and uh, now every Monday. Uh, they, As soon as they know anything, they let us know. And what their plan is, as far as we understand it, is that they give us the same amount of vaccine every week so that the second dose is, you know, appropriately administered 17 to 21 days after the first. But not only that, they have already taken a survey from each hospital and then nursing homes of how many healthcare workers there are in each tier across the city. So they have pre-planned the number of vaccines that would come out every week to make sure that the distribution is equitable. And so far we have been getting what we are promised. So they've been working very great with all the hospitals and uh, CDPH is doing a great job.
0: Well, well, speaking of surveys, a recent survey showed that only 42 percent of African-Americans around the country said that they would get this vaccine. What are you doing there to, to build trust with black residents in Chicago?
1: One of the main reasons I was very happy to be one of the people giving that first vaccine today is because I want our employees to know, and not just our employees, but our community to know that I would never be part of something and we would never be part of something that we would think would hurt them. The main thing is education right? You have to answer those questions, the difference between what an mRNA vaccine is, which is this type of vaccine, from previous vaccines that they've taken. And even though it's been a faster process, that's because years of pre-research has gone into that. More brilliant minds have gone into this sort of thing than has ever been done before. 44,000 people across the world have taken this particular type of vaccine with less than 1% of reactions with them. Those are the type of things we have to explain, but also we have to listen. Yeah. People have experienced allergic reactions before. People have experienced what they think are things associated with vaccines before. So we have to be open to understanding that, answering their questions. We're going to do some town halls. We're going to do some Facebook Live, some social media to get our message out there. But also today was a first step in that direction, was yes. actually living it and receiving it so that they understand that we would never do that without confidence.
0: Doctor, do you have any concerns about the process at this point? I ask because the doses are in in limited supply, right? Here Mm -hmm. in Chicago, Mm -hmm. we've been given 23,000 doses. That means 11,500 people, right? Because everybody's got to get two. Any sense that the priorities for who's first in line has left others out?
1: No. uh, You know, the thing is, I... We understand in the healthcare world, or just that things take time to roll out. So as long as we're able to give it to all of our employees, and including healthcare workers in nursing homes, for example, which are very hard hit, in the next one or two months, I believe that is an adequate rollout because these things take time. To get started is the most important thing. Um, these frontline people to get started to be able to take care of all of us who might get sick without themselves worrying about getting sick, that is extremely important. So as of now, the city and the state have been doing a great job.
0: Before I let you get back to that very important work, curious, anyone else on your mind as this process moves forward?
1: The other essential workers, including those in our hospital that, you know, the EBS workers, environmental services workers, those are the working in the behind the scenes in the kitchen. They still have to come in out of their homes, out of quarantine, out of isolation to come and to do their work. The grocery store workers, teachers, all of those people. I wish I wish they could get it immediately. I understand the process. But for us to get back to our lives and for them to feel safe while they're taking care of us I think that's extremely important.
0: That's Dr. Nikhila Juvadi, Chief Clinical Officer from Loretto Hospital on Chicago's west side. Dr. Juvadi, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. I want to bring another voice to this conversation. Joining us now to discuss the impact the city's vaccine rollout could have on communities on the West Side is Aisha Jaco. She's the executive director at the health collaborative West Side United. Aisha, welcome back to the program. Hi, thank you so much for having me. First, Aisha, I want to get your reaction to the first COVID-19 vaccines in Chicago being administered to healthcare workers this morning.
2: Yes, I think the fact that Loretto was the first hospital, as mentioned earlier, based in the Austin community, a community that has had the highest uh, death rate, um, affecting primarily African Americans, is monumental for us, seeing that Austin is one of our 10 communities um, that we work amongst. So um, there's a lot of excitement within our healthcare partners around um, this vaccination rollout, starting on the west side and continuing across the healthcare systems with an eventual rollout at the community level.
0: So city leaders are obviously hoping that their choice of Loretto Hospital is gonna help build trust, right, around the vaccine, especially in the black community. Can you talk about why there's distrust of vaccines in this community, and what are you hearing from community members on the west side specifically?
2: Since the onset of COVID-19, there has been, through our role as co-conveners at the Mayor's Racial Equity Rapid Response Table, being very intentional about bringing community leaders to the table to help key decision-makers and ambassadors around rapid testing policies, around how we stand up um, emergency food operations, how we distribute PPE equitably. And so that initial action to bring community voice into this decision-making process around COVID response and recovery efforts was critical um, to Westside United's role as co-convener at this table. And so in doing that, We see that these community organizations in Austin, Auburn-Gresham, Belmont-Craven, Pilsen, and Little Village can help with the ambassadorship of getting the word out around vaccinations. But what we're hearing is is really steeped in historical mistrust from communities in color around vaccinations, things that go back, you know, depending on who you talk to, as far back as smallpox. Mm-hmm. And, and, or when we go to recent times in the civil rights era, the Tuskegee experiment, so there are a lot of misconceptions and mistrust. Um, people want to see the vaccination roll out over time and be effective, and maybe you know, by the third generation of this vaccination, you know, people will feel more comfortable. Those are some of the sentiments that we see or hear coming from the ground up, yeah, you know.
0: So as as the city continues its vaccine rollout, Aisha, you know, what's important for leaders and hospitals and and health organizations like Westside United to to keep in mind right now?
2: Sure. So I would say it's the pulse of the community, um, making sure that there is constant conversation as this as the vaccination uh, conversation continues to progress forward making sure that conversations that are starting to happen um there's a vaccine vaccination course that is being stood up by partners in health the michael reese trust community organizations like west side united that are coming together to explore the negative perceptions to think about who key messengers could should be to think about how we are very intentional around quenching some of the fears getting uh equitable strategies up and running when that time comes and so I think spaces like that that continue to bring in community voice to help mitigate some of the concerns there is going to be critical. And so those are some of the early tables that we're starting to come to, like we've always had with that unified voice between health systems, community organizations, community residents. um, That being a common theme as we move into the next phase of COVID recovery, we feel is going to be very critical and as being successful, yeah. you know, because there is low confidence, as we know, across Black and Latinx residents.
0: Sure is. Well, thank you so much. That's Aisha Jaco, Executive Director at the Health Collaborative West Side United. Thanks for joining us, Aisha.
2: Thank you for having us.
0: Now let's turn to Esperanza Health Centers on the southwest side. Miguel Blancarte Jr. is their Director of COVID-19 Response and Community Outreach. And he joins us now. Hi, Miguel. Welcome back to Reset.
3: Hi, Sasha, and uh, good morning and uh, welcome to Chicago. Thank <laughs> you
0: very much. Tell us, Miguel, what has the Esperanza Health Center been seeing throughout the pandemic?
3: Esperanza has, uh, was one of the first FQs, FQHCs, federally qualified health centers mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago that started testing community members. And as of now, we have a 24% positivity rate. So that means that one out of individuals are testing positive. Um, 90% of our uh, patients of those that we've tested have been Latino, uh, Latinx, and just seeing a disproportionate number of individuals being infected by this virus.
0: So communities on the southwest side, of course, you know, struggling more than others. Uh, Tell us then, how are you planning to distribute the vaccine? Who has the highest priority?
3: Those that will first be receiving the vaccine will be healthcare workers and residents of long term care facilities. However, um, one of the things that, you know, Esperanza is working on is really just also continuing to build the trust with our patients and with our community members because we do realize the importance of having that trust and and building and continuing to build those relationships. And these are just some of the things that that we are doing to be able to communicate the message to uh, community members to the Southwest side and letting them know about the information, you know, as it becomes available, letting them know the accurate and true information and also communicating that in a digestible manner, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, many of our patients and many in the Southwest side of Chicago are Latinos and they do speak Spanish. So we want to be able to communicate that message. Not only that it is uh, that this vaccine, the first one, right? Starting off with the Pfizer, that it is effective, that it does have a 95% effective rate, Um, but also being able to communicate that in a way that is going to allow and continue building that trust so that patients themselves are comfortable taking this vaccine. Mm-hmm.
0: So for the people who are using your health center, Miguel, you know, how do you plan to, to let them know that it's time to come and get the vaccine?
3: Right, so that's going to be part of the communication. And as more information uh, continues to to come about, we will be providing that information out to them. As of now, right, we continue doing testing. We are testing in the southwest side at our Brighton Park location and at our California location. And actually next week, Mm -hmm. the week of December 21st, we will start testing at Marquette Park. Uh, The entrance will be through 71st Street and Sacramento. Um, It'll be uh, available via appointments and individuals can call 773 584-6200 5846200 to schedule an appointment. You know, the testing is going to continue. We are going to continue testing um, and, and, and being able to provide this service to individuals. And as we continue getting more information of when the vaccine will be available to the rest of the public that is not healthcare workers or residents of long-term care facilities that's information that we are going to be providing to them. And, you know, definitely want to ask individuals to follow us on Facebook because that's also really where we communicate a lot of information. Um, We have been doing some other communication as well to get the word out.
0: That's Miguel Blancarte Jr. He is the director of COVID-19 response and community outreach at Esperanza Health Center. Miguel, thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you very much.
0: And that's today's Reset. Have questions about COVID-19 or the vaccines that are coming online? Look back in this very podcast feed. You'll find our weekly Q&A with Dr. Mia Terramina. It's one of the best sources out there for the latest information on the pandemic. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for spending some time with us today. We'll meet again tomorrow.